Welcome to episode 20 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we start our Game Corner series. First on the block, Spec Ops The Line. I hate grenades. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Car Podcast. It's time for Game Corner. Today's episode, Spec Ops The Line. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and I would really like to see Silent Hill with Mike Hagar as a main protagonist. With me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. Suplex City, bitch. I know, spinning lariats for days. I would love that so much. <laughs> I, I heard, I was listening to the Let's Drown Out episode on Silent Hill and, and uh, uh, Gabe mentioned that he wanted to see that as well. And I was like, I really want this. I didn't know how much I wanted this until this moment. Mm-hmm. So good. It's just, just you, you know, you could punch the nurses to just bits and then... You, you come in the last protagonist, the last antagonist. You fucking spinning pile driver into the into a thin paste on the on the ground, and then you're done in ninety minutes. That's that's how long the game is. You're just punching things. Yeah. I can see glorious. like a hilarious market for this game if you wouldn't get the shit suit out of you for all kinds of copyright stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Like various games redone with Final Fight people would be just yeah. kind of funny. Like imagine you know super mario brothers but with guy from final fight like the ninja dude just running right. around punching like <laughs> jump kicking turtles out of the air <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be good stuff or oh gosh i would wouldn't mind seeing uh last of us with uh, cody just punching the shit out of a, a, a screamer or something like that <laughs> i just want to see something like just one of the weird things where just like all of a sudden there's like a fucking car in the middle of nowhere and you just have to like punch the shit out of it until it dies <laughs> for like bonus health or something yeah yeah unfortunately it was a capcom game and uh silent Hill is a konami game so i don't think it's ever gonna happen oh yeah yeah and then you just like pull whole freaking turkeys out of nowhere and shove them in your face and recover I all mean, your health i mean mason did use a pipe but it, it's the same thing really i don't know we kind of digress from the topic at hand but yeah. Shit, I really want to see that now. <laughs> so what have you been playing lately? <laughs> uh, um, I honestly haven't varied my routine very much. I actually started playing uh, Dark Souls 2 with Drew again, and I'm sincerely considering just doing the entirety of Dark Souls 3 once the DLC comes out with Drew in tow and just recording it and live streaming it for the world to watch and giggle over because we do some weird shit it'd be a lot funnier if like you could target specific people with the pvp portion of the game so people could like intentionally try and mess with you guys while you're uh, streaming yeah unfortunately the pvp doesn't work like that although it it would be entertaining as hell but i kind of wish it did but that's that was the beauty of dark souls that pvp is just random as hell although i was i was playing demon souls a few days ago and the same guy invaded me four times in the in a single hour which was is really he just annoying. camping that one level or something? Like he was, yeah. So, so Demon Souls is a much older game. It's the first in the series, so I imagine that it was just not many people are playing it anymore. So this guy was just like, "I want to invade," and this guy is the only guy to invade. So, yeah. Like when you invade someone, do you have to be on the same stage as them, or can you just like 
invade them from wherever you are in the game and wherever they are in the game it's it's really just a matter of being in the same place at the same time so it's kind of kismet when you invade somebody uh, also in playing game dev tycoon i finished punch club that was fantastic oh, nice. i highly nice. recommend it in fact uh, that would be one i wouldn't mind doing for another game corner because i think cool. you'd enjoy the hell out of it probably so you also game dev tycoon yeah enjoying that? yeah yeah it's actually very similar to punch club and it's it's a a management simulator you know the mm-hmm. kind that you're you're managing instead of just managing a fighter in this case you're managing a game development center and in fact i named our i named the uh, the company loaded cart because i'm a giant nerd <laughs> and original not at all like i had an old blog called gaming insights back in the day and uh, i named the my previous company gaming insights nice once again giant nerd because reasons other than that i i honestly haven't been playing too much dark souls 2 demon souls i i've been playing a bit of wind waker the re-release for wind waker the hd release for wii u it's been pretty good nice it could be like the gabe from penny arcade who names all of his towns whenever you can name a town they're always funky town i honestly don't know i don't really pay attention much to penny arcade (laughs) But he uh, he he did some cartoon like cartoon. It was a years and years and years ago about one of the new Sims games. Maybe maybe Sims Three. It might be that old. But yeah, he uh, did something and was like, "Yeah, it, God damn it!" I he names everything Funky Town. It was just like staring at a blank cursor for the town name, and then like the next frame is just Funky Town, and that's it. Like that's the whole <laughs> comic, and he's just like, "I hate my life." It <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. What have you been playing? Um, I have been playing the ever-loving shit out of World of Warcraft Legion because it is really fucking good. It's I know you hate it, but holy shit is this game really well done. And they do like a lot of really cool stuff as far as MMOs go. Like, Do you remember at E3 when Bethesda announced it? Like they were doing a new thing with Elder Scrolls Online where you could like kind of just go anywhere and quest with anyone. Yep. Yep. WoW did the same thing with their new zones, like the new zones in the expansion. You can go to any zone at any level once you are within the cap, like above, it's a level 98, I think is the, or how high you have to be to be able to go there, 97 or 98. But unlike Guild Wars 2 and Elder Scrolls Online, where they reduce your level down and final fantasy 14 they they reduce your level down to whatever the zone is and in like final fantasy 14's case you lose abilities and to, down to whatever that level is mm-hmm. and while it scales the opposite way so it brings everything up to the max player's level it brings everything to your level and you do percent damage instead of raw numbers it's it's it works really weird but it works really really well because everything is just the right amount of challenging no matter where you are in the content like if you're level 101 and you're fighting a level 101 elite because it scales to your level it it is just as hard as any other elite in the game and like the same thing if you once you get to level 103 and you're fighting a 103 elite it's just as hard as any other experience like they balanced it really really well but then the cool thing is is there are five zones and you can bounce you can do them in whatever order you want because they're all the perfect level for you whenever you get to them and it doesn't feel like oblivion like how oblivion scaled with you and it just felt really kind of cheap because you couldn't like level up and blow through things like it feels like 
everything is balanced the way it's supposed to be no yeah, matter where you are which is really really cool yeah with oblivion you were basically if if something was going to be a challenge to you it was going to be a challenge to you no matter what the level yeah well it, but not the same way like it it, it wasn't as well executed I, I can't really explain it well but uh and then one of the other really cool features that we i think discussed last time a little bit is that they have an app for the game now to mm-hmm. there is to manage the facebook game portion of the stuff with the your order hall and right. that's actually surprisingly well done like I, i've got like an hour before my missions end and i need to like send my people out on another mission via my phone in the cast <laughs> well then we gotta end in the next like 53 minutes <laughs> i don't know if we can we've know, got I'm a just, lot to cover tonight i know i'm just being fun but no i'm not i'm not gonna do it during the cast probably not at least any no, okay, i can't yeah. guarantee anything <laughs> sorry listeners I'll, I'll turn the sound on so you can hear me selecting things it'll be really that fun. sounds like an awful idea <laughs> no i'm not gonna do that anyway so, anything interesting going on in the uh, gaming world, in your opinion? Oh, gosh. I linked you something earlier. Yes, there is something going on. Boosh. Give me a second. If you got anything, feel free. Uh, no, but I can kind of lead at least into it in a little bit. I didn't get a yeah. chance to read the whole article, well, but well, EA finally did its big restructuring. Yep. And it sure uh, did. Bioware seems like it potentially just got kicked in the nuts. Like, it, that, is that what you get out of that article? Uh, kinda. I, I don't get that they got a kick in the nuts so much as they just got a new boss. I, I don't know how to take it, but apparently that uh, Bioware is actually going to be headed by now by Samantha Ryan. She has also retained her former job as EA leader of EA's mobile and Sims developer Maxis, which are now moved to join Worldwide Studios, and they're under the leadership of Patrick Soderland, so EA's executive VP. So she she's still heading it, but she answers to Patrick Sutherland now. Okay. And the Frostbite Engine team, hooray, Frostbite, everything is Frostbite now, are moved to join the EA Central Tech Group under the leader of Ken Moss. So yeah. that'll be an interesting restructure. I don't know if it's really a huge reorg, but it, I thought it was an interesting little tidbit to put in. Okay, so it sounds like it's kind of a very, very high-level reorg, like... Bioware is still over here, but now like they report to this person instead of this person, and then this person reports to this guy over here now. And yeah, none of this actually might potentially matter, but I was thinking it was more of a like actual person that is a head of Bioware got repl- like you know kicked to the curb and replaced, and that would have been a, more of the uh, kick to the nuts that I was alluding to, which apparently is not what happened. Yeah, I don't think so. Really, just those are the biggest things honestly um so let's see here uh she uh, as bioware's new boss she joined ea in 2015 uh before which she managed warner brothers relationship with rocksteady uh wb games montreal and other realm studios she's experienced game director producers worked on batman arkham games as well as mortal Kombat, middle earth shadow of mordor and justice gods among us actually those are all pretty good games so i can't really mm-hmm. be a huge saying of this is crap but it doesn't say much about the announcement of Ryan's duties or even her job title, saying simply she will take on leadership of Bioware. Given this CV, however, it's fair to assume she'll lead production or directorial duties as well as final touches to mid to Mass Effect Andromeda. The impact of moving Frostbite is less clear. According to Wilson, it's something to do with answering players' expectations of innovative, stable, and secure experiences through strong combination of our Frostbite engine and our digital platform. So that's good, I guess. And that was a... Uh, 
we'll we'll probably get that in the show notes. It's a PC Games uh, article from Andrew Wilson. I'm trying to find a uh, another article that broke news that happened. Big news that happened, which is uh yeah okay. So here it is. I found it. The senior vice president of story and franchise development for Blizzard, okay, is, is retiring. All right. His name is Chris Chris Metzen. He's been at Blizzard for 20 years. Wow. And uh, he's basically chucking deuces and going to hang out with his family. And, That's fair. And he retired. I can't blame uh, him for that. He's done lots of voices and stuff for them too. And he was, I think, originally an artist. But he's basically all of their, a lot of their games he has credits on. And then... Sure, sure. He did the, uh, he's done every game with Thrall in it. He's done the voice of Thrall. So, including... Here's the storm. So he's to blame for that garbage. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Do you have one other note before we get to the big topic? And that is Alan Moore has actually confirmed that he is no longer going to be working on comics. He's retiring from comics. I don't know how I feel about that. That's either a good thing or like either he feels like his best work is behind him and is hanging it up in his prime or I don't know. It depends on what he does next. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to do anything next. That's the whole thing. It it, it left it kind of wide open as to what he was going to do. There was no announcement from that, but I was just very surprised that Alan Moore decided to hang up the, the I would love to see him start doing movies instead of comics. Like that would be really cool because there's a lot of comic, like a lot of movies that steal from his comics anyway. Um, Sure. So, and a lot of movies have done his comics and done them poorly, according to Moore. Yeah, that so would be interesting to see him write and maybe direct movies for a little bit or produce them or something. I would be terrified of a movie directed by Alan Moore. That would be fucking awesome. What are you talking he about? He is rock fucking sane. He's like pants on head insane. And I, I, and while I love that, I'm also concerned as to what it would do for a person trying to get into film with Alan Moore, you know? His pictures are fucking awesome. Predictably batshit insane also yeah if you don't know he's responsible for v for vendetta and uh the watchman Watchmen. that was the, the the two really big movies that got made leak leak for extraordinary gentlemen <laughs> was what caused uh, sean connery to retire from acting <laughs> in a fit of rage really i think they're rebooting that too which is kind of funny oh please don't please don't call sean connery because he may throw another hissy maybe <laughs> Uh, he was, was he, I could swear he was also responsible for Judge Dredd. Yeah, he was. Not responsible for the creation of it, but certainly responsible for one of the more prominent storylines for Dredd. Yeah, he, he's done a lot of crazy stuff. Grant Morrison is another guy who I would love to see do more movies. Absolutely. Now we're talking weird comic stuff. Oh, uh, also Constantine. He worked on, worked on that as well. So Hellblazer, the series. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? everything really batman for a little while of course all right that's really not yeah, there, a... there's, there's a point where if you're working in comics long enough you're always gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna work you're gonna on do something batman. you're gonna do batman eventually yeah <laughs> it's true okay anything else you got we want to just hit the, t- the main topic i think it's time to start talking about the main topic so oh yes just want to state for the record that eventually there are going to be spoilers involved tonight but we promise we will mention straight out that there was going to be the, the we'll have a spoiler warning like a good yes. 30 second long spoiler warning so you'll be able to be uh, huge about it okay yeah but right now we want to say that the first half of our discussion is basically just going to be mechanics and impressions of the game and kind of a little bit of a review 
and we're going to avoid spoiling in the first half. We're just going to straight talk mechanics and stuff and gripes with the game and then we'll talk story. And then and then when we start talking about story, we will give a giant spoiler warning. So if you have not played the game, you can stop listening from there. <laughs> we did give you a month though, so kind yeah. of on you. I'm kidding. It is kind of on you, but yeah. Well, but we are going to try to keep it spoiler-based so that people who haven't played the game can still get something out of this episode. Uh, yep. And maybe decide whether or not you want to play the game. And then and then Which... we'll ruin the shit out of the story. Which, minor spoiler alert, you will want to play the game. Despite it being a cover-based shooter, if that's not your bag, you still won't want to play the game because the story is that good. Yep. So, with that, I, I'm I'm not generally a fan of cover-based shooters, as, as Dan has mentioned on the cast before. Uh, Gears of War, not a huge fan. It wasn't wasn't my bag. I mean, the, the best, I guess you could call it a cover-based shooter, G- GTA, because yeah. you do go into cover a lot and... I like that. I like GTA's mechanics about it. This one was less good about it because yeah. the controls. I, I used a uh, an Xbox One controller. Uh, Dan used a keyboard mouse controller. I, I because it's it a was, PC game. It was built with. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was built with a controller in mind. You know it was. Yeah, and that's the funny part about Spec Ops. So Spec Ops was originally a PC franchise, I believe. Yeah, and uh, and then eventually went over to the console first person shooter with call of duty and all those folks yeah so yeah it is definitely one of those games that suffers from the uh this was a console game that just happened to get a pc port as like kind of an afterthought at the end yeah and and while it doesn't suffer as much as i thought from from that particular control it does have a lot of clunkiness i mean you have a let's do everything with this button button for me it was the a button i believe for you it was spacebar basically Uh, everything yeah, spacebar dropped down off of things. It sprinted. It it jumped in a cover. Uh, it, it 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 was. I a button was that for me. I don't like the I don't like the all purpose button. I never have. I like spreading things out. You've got enough keys that you can do that on a keyboard, especially, and on a controller, slightly less so. But you've got enough keys that you can do that. Uh, I'm trying the, to think about the keyboard controls. I really want to say that there was uh, six buttons, maybe. Yeah, that seems about right. Totally. Uh, looking looking at the controller right now, the Y button was for uh, swapping weapons. X is to reload. B is to uh, duck and go and vault over cover. A is your all-purpose button for pretty much doing everything, sprinting, jumping over, uh, getting into cover, doing any kind of action button, really, stuff. Uh, right bumper, I can't remember what that did. I think it was left bumper was grenades. Right bumper was for something else. Was that the uh, weapon mod? Because weapons had two modes. That was that was up. That was the up key on the uh, D pad. Uh, yeah, fucking figure that. It out. was the C button on the keyboard. Yeah, that's that's not weird at all. It, it was just it, the grenades were Q. Yeah, grenades were like left bumper or right bumper. I can't remember which. I think it was left bumper. It was just a weird thing, like left and right uh, swap between grenades. Mouse wheel swap between grenades. Down did on fuck PC. all for all I could tell. Probably. Uh, I don't think they use the the thumbstick clicks, uh, L three and R three, so mm-hmm. so to speak. It, it just it was very clunky controls, and while it was built with a controller in mind, they did not build it very well with the controller yeah. in mind. Yeah, my biggest gripe about the controls was that they, besides the fact that they were just kind of clunky and can get in the way a lot, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, <laughs> for PC, when you're playing with keyboard and mouse, they like ignore 
what is basically the standard of PC controls. Yeah. For for a first person or third person shooter. Yep. And I we've talked about control schemes before and how they can fuck up a game. And when you stray from a standard from what is a convention in the genre that you're in, you better have a really fucking good reason to. And there wasn't one in this game. Like it was not at all. Not at all. Basically, no reason to do it. the The big one that was weird for me was yeah, you had the all purpose button that was the space bar. So, in this game, if you wanted to sprint to cover, you hit space. Yeah, which didn't make any sense for me at all. In a normal WSAD control layout, left shift is sprint. Like any first person shooter you pick up, if you if you pick up Skyrim fucking skyrim if you hold the left shift button you will sprint yep if you want to jump you hit the space bar if you're behind cover if you're behind this cover and you want to jump over the cover to run to the next thing of cover do you hit space bar no you hit the left shift button which is just batty what the fuck yeah so one of the things that i did that helped after a little while was I swapped the keybind for those two keys, which is what's yeah. awesome about being on a PC. You can absolutely configure the controls however the fuck you want. So yeah, I, I swapped them and I made shift be my all-purpose button and then spacebar, literally, uh, basically the only thing you could do with the spacebar was jump over barriers once you were behind them, which took some getting used to. Uh, and it so like for a couple of chapters, it was kind of obnoxious, like having to remember what to hit to jump over stuff. Yeah. Um, and it does give you on-screen prompts and they do change if you change your keybinds, which, oh, nice. which is a good touch. Yeah. Um, and then they... I, I wish I had thought of this sooner. Like, if I had known this was going to be a problem sooner, <laughs> I would have changed it not in Chapter 8 out of 15 chapters. <laughs> yeah, you're more than halfway through the game and you're changing that. I think my trouble with it was that with the all-purpose button, mm-hmm. you there were certain situations where I was trying to get into cover or out of cover where it would just make me sprint. And that made things a hell of a lot more difficult for certain combat situations. You're in the middle of combat and you're sprinting toward the enemy. I mean, unless you're a Celt and you're running naked with a goddamn club, it's not a great thing to do. Usually not. Yeah, I've, I've di- I died more than once just because of that particular madness. Uh, I One of the things that got really funny is when I switched the controls and I was trying to get used to it for a while, when I was trying to like, there's, there's one of the weird moves where if you're kind of towards the edge of a thing and you hit a certain direction and a button, instead of swapping between two pieces of cover you'll step out and like try and pistol whip someone but since there's no one there you just like you know swing at nothing just kind of swing yeah it's just like that's not what i told you to do (laughs) yeah i did like the achievements i I don't know how many how many got or if you paid attention to them too much but i think my like the favorite i don't know if i got any achievements i'm sure you did because a lot of them were just it just as you're progressing through the game and, and uh, killing guys, you will get them. I think my favorite one was preventative diplomacy. If a guy's about to throw a grenade and you kill him, you get that achievement of preventative dis- diplomacy. And I, I honestly thought that was a great one. Yeah. That's like literally the only way to survive a grenade throw in this game because the controls. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you can get out of the way. I found it easier to get out of the way with the, with the thumbsticks. Because yeah. again, it is obviously 
developed with a controller in mind, but I thought it was a lot easier to get through with thumbsticks. When, when you're using a keyboard, it's a combination of the controls and like the really bad UI of the gr- just that grenade portion. Oh, yeah. The rest yeah. of the UI is fine, the majority of the game, but figuring out where a grenade is in relation to you is not handled elegantly. Basically, you can try and run away, and like no matter how much you try and run, you just get killed by grenades. So I had about a 10, 10% escape rate from uh, enemy grenades. So like literally the only way to survive them was to shoot the person throwing the grenade before they throw it. Right. Oh, and and part, part of that is because when you're using the mouse, when you're trying to move between two different things of cover, like you have to be looking in just the right way with the mouse, and it's very twitchy. Because I mean, it's a mouse with a high pulling rate. It's, sure, it's supposed to be twitchy, but absolutely, the, the game does not account for that at all, and it just kind of goes wonky sometimes, and you just die. <laughs> yeah. Quick uh, aside, back to the achievements. I think the MFWC WIC achievement is the going to never happen for. I, I want to see how many people have gotten that achievement. Are you familiar with MFWIC? Um, I'm. I mean, um, just just the acronym itself. I imagine you would be. I'm drawing a blank on it currently. Motherfucker, what's in charge? Uh, basically, it's complete the game on FUBAR difficulty, which is the max difficulty possible. That's never going to happen because I had so much trouble in normal difficulty that I damn near gave up twice. And in fact, that was the that was the entire reason. Now that I'm that I've played the game over again, that was the entire reason why I gave up the first time yeah. because the game is so fucking difficult because of one ass awful controls and two the game kind of delights in fucking you over. Yeah. Okay. So let's, since you brought it up, let's jump down and talk difficulty for a minute. Okay. Let's go for it. So we both played the game on normal. Yes. Because I just wanted a like literally normal experience with the game. I wanted to see what the game was like on normal because I've heard it's really good stuff. And like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of cover based shooters. So I just, I didn't want anything too crazy. Uh, you know, that was what I was expecting on normal difficulty. Nothing too right. crazy. Um, sure. My comment on it was that combat is merciless. Combat is Janet from accounting. Combat does not give a fuck. It seems, I don't know, is it merciless or just unforgiving? It it, it, I, it does not, I, if you make a mistake, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. So I call it merciless as opposed to unforgiving because of a, a slight, differentiation between the two you call dark souls unforgiving as in it punishes you when you make a mistake yes this game is erratic it punishes you because it enjoys it so much well there's just weird little things that were good and really bad so one of the good things was is that combat actually felt really lethal and it made the game really tense when there was a yeah. fight going on like it was a tense moment and you were like oh shit oh shit oh shit during the fight trying Absolutely, to get through it because that's and, combat and when you did it felt like an accomplishment which is really cool sure and then there were just weird moments where you'd be behind cover and you'd take a couple of shots and you'd be looking around trying to find the someone the guy you get shot again and you finally see him and you and you kill the guy that sniped you cool and then sometimes you'd be in a you know a slightly different place and you get shot once and you're just dead just boom dead reload shotgun not even shotgun like sniper rifles sometimes just randomly like Hmm. sometimes i would get shot three or four times by a sniper rifle while i was behind cover and like 
I would live through it, you know, barely and, you know, move on with the story. And then sometimes I would just, first time I get hit, I'm dead. No, no reason why. And then, you know, grenades. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that's, that's what I think is like, there were times where this game felt like it was pulling shenanigans and it wasn't that I was dying because I was making mistakes it was dying I, it because was the, it was just I was I was dying. Like I don't Yeah, it was just unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. And the two weird things that really stand out, and we'll we'll kind of circle back to a couple of these, uh, because yeah, the one of one of them that I will I'll save for a little bit. But yeah, grenades were a big thing because they were I guess this is kind of fair. Kind of fair. Uh, like when you use grenades in combat, it really feels like they make a difference. Like you have a room full of people, you fucking lob a grenade in and it just fucks up their world. Or you or your, your two compatriots throw a flashbang and everyone is stunned for, and you just mow everyone down. And it's, they really feel like they equalize combat. Like they level the playing field. If you are having problems with the fight and you keep dying, you just start throwing grenades and you will find a way through it. Yeah. That was one of the really cool things about this game is that it really seemed to reward you for just kind of saying fuck it and just kind of going balls out and just going on the offensive and not trying to hide behind cover and do crazy. Like if you're moving around and swapping weapons constantly and just shooting people like, and going crazy, like the game says, cool. All right. Okay. Next level. I'm fine (laughs) with this. Let's do this. Please continue. But then on the opposite hand, when any of the opponents, like I mentioned a minute ago, when if they throw a grenade at you between the weird HUD location thing and the controls, the game basically, this is, this is my like little joke note, was that like it's like the HUD and the controller just picks up the grenade and gives you a big bear HUD until you like die and have to reload the game. Yeah. It's like you can't get away from it. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Uh, it, there, there was also a lot of shenanigans with uh how how hard the weapons hit Mm -hmm. uh for example when you're when you're behind cover you can take you can soak rpg hits without a problem which is just no that's not how that's not how this works that's not how any of this works and uh speaking of rpg hits there are the heavies yeah that's actually what triggered my mind which we'll we'll talk about in a minute in in a let's talk about them now because this this conversation i call heavies or bullshit (laughs) because <laughs> they are bullshit okay so if you're familiar with heavies if you've ever played payday 2 you've you've played against juggernauts if, yeah or if you've played if you played halo it's the brutes like the yeah. big giant guys like the, it's a, a staple of the first person shooter genre of a super tough guy the bullet sponge yeah that you have to like really really kick the crap out of it the cyber demons in doom like i mean yeah. there it is it is a staple of the first person shooter franchise from the beginning it, they generally have a weakness that you can exploit but it, at least with the uh, the heavies in payday 2 they do have a weakness you can exploit but they soak damage that's what they're there for mm-hmm. as as your notes say no body armor in existence can absorb what this body armor does yeah. period so in various parts of this game these are things that i have done that have not killed a heavy. We've both done. I promise. Multiple direct hits, center mass with an RPG. I've hit him four fucking times with an RPG that did not in go the down. Chest. In, in the, the chest. chest with the yes. RPG. Yes. And they don't die. I've hit them multiple times with grenades. Yes. 
I've hit them multiple times with sticky grenades, which are exactly what you think. You hit them with a grenade and it sticks to their body and blows up. Yep. And they live through this. Yes. Two to three grenades they live through. I shot one in the head multiple times with a 50 cal sniper rifle and mm. it did not die. It took four shots with a 50 cal to kill it in the head. Which is insane. Like one would shred a helmet. Yeah. Like there, there literally is no helmet in the world that'll stand up to a 50 cal round. Like they it, don't exist. If it's a glancing blow, maybe, but not a direct hit. Yeah. Not to a faceplate. Like a. No. That you can see through, like it, no. <laughs> this, this, no. tech, this technology does not exist. Um, not, ju- not just that, but there's oh. also the fucking machine guns, which yeah. would chew body armor. They're designed to yeah. go through armor. Like, yeah, if you are a gun nerd or have been in the military, like the the machine guns we're talking about are, I mean, they they would fire the equivalent of uh, seven six two NATO rounds, which are the the larger style, sized rifle round that is used by pretty much everyone. It's what the AK forty seven fires. But yeah, lots of mounted machine guns use them because they're really cheap and they kick the shit out of things. They chew um, through things. They're designed as teeth. The body armor that men in the U.S. military wear, like the the interceptor body armor, the what's usually called either a uh, ABV or an IOTV, like their big their big vests that they wear that you see in all the movies. Yes, they are designed to stop one seven six two round. Yeah, they they are not guaranteed to stop a second. Or third, if you're if you're lucky, you get a second. But, but if you, you get, do not get a third, if, if they they score a direct hit on that strike plate, like that big ceramic yes. plate that you're wearing yep. that weighs fucking twelve pounds, it will stop one. It may not stop two. Like it, it, it might stop two, and if it does stop two, you're not going to get a third try. Yeah, you like, you've wasted your two lives. Mm-hmm. You don't get a restart. But these things fire, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these rounds. And like you could literally just open up on these heavies with one of these mounted machine guns and it would not do. It, it would take five or six seconds sometimes to cut them down. Finally. Absolutely. And, and yeah, they, I understand why they're there from a game design standpoint of like, it's just, you know, hearkening back to the first person shooter genre and it's to give some variation but from a semi-realistic standpoint, even a semi-realistic standpoint, they yeah. wouldn't stand up to this kind of punishment. Yeah, holy shit. There's, yeah. It, it just, it totally breaks immersion, which for the most part, this game did really good with the immersion. Like you, it, it, except for the weird moments where the controls would get in the way. Like for the most part, the game was really good at this. It was really good at like, yeah, okay. Like I feel like I'm in a war zone. I feel like I'm fighting. Like yeah. I'm making decisions that, potentially matter like that's that's how you feel the whole game we'll get into do. that later on but you, you do, do make a lot of decisions and and that'll be in the spoiler half of the show because the decisions are all spoilery absolutely yep heavies are bullshit and multiple times in the game i've been like heavies heavies are, i wrote that in my notes multiple times heavies are bullshit heavy every time almost I, every time they popped up i've got like four or five times with yeah. that particular note so we we both have consensus on heavies are bullshit and in fact, the last time I think that shows up in my notes was kind of to go dip back to uh, difficulty was yep. there's a fight scene towards the end of the game. And it's one of the last few big fight scenes in the game, which is kind of funny mm-hmm. that, that this happened here. I was getting pissed off at the game and I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to give this two more attempts. And then if I don't beat this in two attempts, I'm going to take a break and I'll play play again tomorrow or I'll play again tonight or whatever. So I get through one of those two attempts and the game goes, 
so you seem to be having a little bit of trouble here. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing I like about this game is that it says, hey, you you died a few times. Are you sure you don't want to lower the difficulty? Yeah. And me being the stubborn asshole that I am, I say no every time. But yeah. So so this was the first time I ran into the screen and I was just like, you know what? I'm pissed off enough at this game. I know I'm really close to the end of the game because I want to say it was chapter maybe 13 out of 15. Like I knew, sure. I knew that it was, this was coming close. Yeah, it was chapter towards the end of chapter 13. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I just want to finish the game at this point. So I, I turned it down. And then I finish this fight and then I'm like, okay, cool. So I go back into the options and I go to turn the difficulty back up to normal because I was just like, cool, I'm past that fight. I need to turn it up to normal. And they basically go, all right, cool. For us to turn this back to normal, we have to revert back to your last save before you change the difficulty and you have to replay that fight again or we're turning off achievements. And so I was just like, well, fuck it. I'll finish the game on easy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that I remained stubborn then. Yeah. But like I still could get achievements from there at yeah. the lower difficulty. It right, just, right. It wouldn't count as beating the game on normal or whatever. I don't that know. That seems weird. I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, it seems like a strange design decision. Well, the reason I can get it is that MFWIC achievement that you're talking oh, about. If you play the entire yeah. game on easy and then just... And then the last the fight on FUBAR. Play the last last level on Fubar and just make it through that last level, you know, by banging your head against the wall. Do you get that achievement? Yeah, and, you know, because achievements are important or something. I guess. I mean, they're important to some people. I, I know. I know a lot of achievement whores, or as they prefer to be called, achievement hunters. They're achievement whores. Sorry, I love you guys, but I hate you at the same time. <laughs> Nice. But I, I I get it. There are a lot of people who feel really good about getting achievements and they get the really love 100%ing. There are achievement hunters. I get that. That's fine. I'm mm -hmm. kidding about the achievement core stuff. I personally don't give a shit. If I get the achievement, great. I, I feel good about it. But at the same time, I'm not going to go back and 100% this game. Yeah. I like the game very much, but I'm not going to go back 100%. Yeah. So the thing with difficulty in this game is that it's a shooter. There aren't puzzles there's nothing nothing else that the difficulty scales other than the combat scenarios so it's like probably the number of people you have to kill and like how much damage they you know damage scaling on them or whatever like you probably do a little more damage they probably have a little less armor blah 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 combat game because we really wanted to play this game through for the story like and i was kind of annoyed at the game at that point in time because this was where i was shooting a heavy in the head with a 50 cal rifle and he was living yeah, through yeah. it and it was just like uh, yeah I, I'm and, done then, here. and then you end up getting like boxed in a really small area with people throwing grenades at you yeah so the, the combination of the two things that annoy me the most about the game in the same fight repeatedly yeah. for like 30 minutes i was just oh, i get it yep i'm just gonna play this for the story now and yeah i don't feel like i lost anything I don't think you did, to be honest with you. I, I did it out of pure sheer cussedness. Like I I I am the most stubborn person you'll meet. I want to get things done and I want to do them on my terms. Yeah. And I just played the game on normal and finished it on normal. Yeah. Because I'm 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 a really, really stubborn person. One thing that I think we think I, I hope you would agree with me on this. So something that this game did really, really well is it had really, really good pacing in this between action scenes and story elements, like narrative elements of the game, like they nailed the pacing and sequencing of this game. If this had been an action movie, I would have watched it and probably would have been in my top 
five action movies of all time. Yes, they absolutely did great story pacing, great differences between, you know, great blend between action scenes and the storytelling scenes. And then yeah. as you're as you're continuing to go, you still get story as you're doing the action scenes and it doesn't detract from the action scenes. It still it adds to them as opposed to distraction from them. It's it's it was really good. However, the difficulties that with that that I had was the kind of the bullshit radio shenanigans because that's what it is like they're responding to each other on the radio while it doesn't work this way you've got to push to talk and people you can't hear other people on the radio when you're pushing to talk that's not how radios work it depends on if they're full duplex or half duplex but yes you're correct okay my impression i i again i haven't been in the military i've i don't have any military training the radios i've used were generally cb radios when i was a kid that doesn't happen yeah and that's Um, the only technology i'm familiar with so if you if you got other technology feel free to bring the listeners up to speed and myself as well basically i saw that eye roll uh, yeah well i'm trying to figure out if i if i want to really i don't really want to get technical with this so (laughs) it's basically the the duplex thing is basically there's either single channel radios or dual channel radios so single channel is what you are thinking of where one person Yeah, one person transmits, everyone else listens. If you are keying a microphone, you cannot hear anyone else talking to you. Yes, um, that's all. That's what I. That's what I grew up with. A telephone is an example of a full duplex system. Like it is, you can hear. Yes, and, you can hear and speak. Yeah. Like we're doing now. This is a full yes. duplex system. Yes. So there do exist radio systems that do that. Whether or not these people would have them, I don't know because I don't. I did not mess with those radios when I was in the military. My unit did not need them. We had the standard half duplex stuff that basically just had like a telephone hand, like that that military telephone handset you see with the button on the side that you have to click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those things were sexy. <laughs> no, I I would I would lean more toward they had a half duplex set, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, I can admit that. If it depends. Like premise of this is these guys, the guys who you are with. So you and the two other guys in your party are part of Delta Force, which is the step above Green Berets and Special Forces. Like there's Green Beret, there's there's like normal soldiers, there's the Ranger units, the Ranger battalions, there's the Green Berets, Special Forces, and then there's Delta Force. Like they're they're the, the best, of the best of the best. Yeah, they're like the Navy SEALs of the Army. Like they yeah. they are. They are the elite of the elite. So these guys have all of the toys. Like they get all of the best stuff. There, There is a chance that they would require radios that would allow them to talk to each other during firefights, which means that they would not be able to key a radio with their hand while they are shooting. Because Makes sense. You want, you want both hands on your weapon. Absolutely. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> so there's a chance they have something that works like that. However there is a whole bunch of shit that their radios do that does not exist anywhere in the history of ever. The two big ones that I know of is he, at one point you ask your, what I guess is the guy who's doing combo for your group, the, uh, the, the little Sergeant. Yeah. Sergeant Lugo. You ask him to route a radio signal through to your earpiece and he like fiddles with something on his side and suddenly you hear like the local radio station over which your, is it, just that, bullshit yeah that doesn't that doesn't happen. that can't happen not not on a field pack like uh, no no they 
if you had a full system set up back at base, maybe. Maybe if you pulled a lot of bullshit to get it wired in. Yeah. That, yeah, like, maybe, but not not but like this, this is one of those things where you can like, okay, it's to help the story, whatever. Sure, like, fine. Let's just keep going. Which is which actually that is a line that I've other uttered several times during this game. Like, sure, fine, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> then the other one is Lugo gets asked to track radio signals. Like where where is that radio signal coming from? And it's like, oh, it, it from that tower over there. And it's like that that's not how radio works. Like you can't, especially without any sort of you have to be able to triangulate it. Like you have to have two points of reference to be able to a minimum of two points of reference to be able to figure out where a radio signal is being transmitted from. You could maybe figure out signal strength, but that's not yeah, that's you, not a definitive science. But again, this is super nerdy science nitpicking of of what is supposed to be an entertaining game. And it, it that is kind of a Hollywood cliche. Game, and but. it is it is entirely just to move the story along. I called them radio I called them bullshit communications MacGuffins because that's what they are. They're they're there to move the story along and they, they don't actually exist in real life. But I, I do enjoy radio shenanigans too. Yeah, they they just because it is shenanigans. It's bullshit. It, yeah. it, it's a thing, and it's just me being, you know, a nerd who actually knows this shit. Oh, I, I absolutely I had to deal with it for yeah. like four years. Yeah, I absolutely started nitpicking this. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Let's just keep. Let's just move on. Because I know you're talking bullshit at me right now. I'm just gonna go with it and just say, okay, fine. Let's move on. But I mean, to their credit, I'm pretty sure I cannot count the number of act- military action movies that would do the exact same shit. Like, and that's what they're going for. They're going for that vibe of the sure, special sure. forces military movie. Like they want you to be, you know, super gung ho through the whole thing because that kind of factors into the whole plot, which we will get to shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about weapons for a minute. I am a gun nut. I love guns. I enjoy firing them. I enjoy the power that it comes with from firing them. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy going down to the range and just shooting. It's fun. I like it. I don't hunt, but I enjoy the weapons. Indeed. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, so in order to make weapons seem weapons and ammo seem scarce in the game, if you have a a weapon that has the same type of ammo as another weapon, say the UMP forty five UMP, which uses forty five rounds, standard pistol rounds, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot use your pistol to use the same ammo, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, again, what the fuck? Yeah, so basically. They their goal in the game was to make ammo feel really scarce because you're in the middle of the fucking desert and you know there's no resupply. So you have to kind of scavenge weapons and ammo from other people. And it's it's a very central mechanic in the game of uh you, you should be swapping weapons fairly often based on what ammo you can find. Basically. Sure, sure. Um, so, so to to elaborate a little bit on that, uh, that desert comment you're in the middle of dubai it's a minor spoiler since you find out that the very beginning of the game you're in the middle of a, a very destroyed dubai so to to kind of artificially assist with this the for example the m4 that you start with uh it can only use m4 ammo the m249 saw can only use saw ammo the hk417 can only use hk417 ammo now if you know anything about guns all three of those guns fire the exact same round there it's a very again it is the smaller of the two rifle rounds the 556 nato round but they all fire a very standardized round that 
can yes. be found pretty much everywhere, like Walmart. Um, yeah, you, you could. I could go right now, go to the 24-hour Walmart, buy a box of this ammunition, come back and sit down and just say, "Here, here's my ammo. Let's go. Let's go use all of these yeah. guns." Because because a lot of hunting rifles use it. So. Yes, but yeah, but it forces you to scrounge for, like I said, scrounge for ammo and uh, switch weapons a lot, which is good in a way because every few chapters the game like completely resets your weapons no matter like there's a cutscene and you end up at the end of the cutscene with just a pistol or sometimes no weapon at all and a lot of the times the pistols are really funny because you can't find ammo for those pistols so you have like 12 shots before you have to find another gun so and- so the most annoying thing was when you end up in a chapter uh, the open of a chapter where you where you're trying to get back to your squad minor spoiler sorry about that I don't. I won't spoil anything else. I promise. You're carrying around a Desert Eagle, not a common weapon, especially for a 50 caliber pistol. You because you are using a 50 caliber model, yeah. and you only have 20 rounds of it. So you've got. Uh, I, I think a, it's a six stack and one of the pipes. So yeah. you've got enough for two mags and one less in the third mag, which is you don't have enough ammo for any of this stuff. They do give you an extra weapon there, but it's still kind of okay, what are you doing to me? Well, it's also funny because you've never had a 50, like you've never had a Desert Eagle before that point in the game. No, you it was not found. You can't find that in I, the entire game before that. I think, if I remember correctly, you start the game with an M4 and a 1911 that you very, very quickly get rid of. Yeah, and, I, I, I ran out of ammo for that and just tossed it immediately. Because <laughs> you, you don't, don't find the pistols. Yeah, I don't know if I ever use the pistol at all other than the when you didn't have any other options and you yeah, or you hadn't killed someone to take their weapon yet i, I ran dry on the on the m4 pretty quickly and so oh, I, was, yeah. I was down to the the 1911 you, you definitely do because all of those guns fire full auto which is kind of funny yeah you can actually switch that too you you can switch uh switch between i, I have found the good really Mine did there, not, there is a key for it is the some of the weapons, yes. The M4, the uh, alternate firing mode was to put a sound suppressor on it, which also oh, that's right, basically that's right. doesn't that's exist. But you know, really, I know there's. I thought there was a sound suppressor for M4. Not, not okay. I, I'm I pretty sure for it. most sound suppressors are complete bullshit. So, well, silencers, yes, as they portray them in movies, because yeah. a sound suppressor will make it sound like uh, a like a bat hitting a, a piece of metal. Very like somebody smacking that pretty goddamn loudly. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll sound like a regular gunshot. But because yeah. sound suppressors in movies don't work like that, they don't make it sound like a man politely coughing. Yeah, it's it's actually really funny. So you mentioned going to range ranges and it being fun. Like, so one of the things that's really interesting in a range is if you're at a range where a lot of people are firing M16s or M4s, like that mm-hmm. that the sound of the five five six NATO round, like you get really really used to it really really fast if someone fires off one of the larger caliber, like the seven, six, two rounds, everyone turns is like, what's it's pretty f-? startling. No, it's just one of those. Okay. That is a very different noise. That's not, a, yes. and, and it's like that on deployment too. Like if you hear those rounds go off, you, you just, you go, that was different. I shouldn't have heard that. Where did that come from? Like kind of a thing. It's kind of funny. It, and then it, 50 cows are even crazier. Like those things are just absolutely fucking bonkers. Okay, I've only shot in indoor ranges, so uh, yeah. generally speaking, you hear nine, you hear three different calibers: nine millimeter, thirty-eight, three fifty-seven. Those are the three calibers you generally hear. Occasionally, you hear a forty-five, but it's still very like 
Yeah, either huh? Yeah, forty or a forty-five, and you just kind of yes. go, "What the?" You're shit? like, "What, huh?" Because yeah. you you do stop. Like I, I have I have sat there. I've I currently have a P ninety five. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Ruger P ninety five. It's a nine millimeter. It, for those of you at home, it's a nine millimeter. It, you will recognize the sound of a nine millimeter. It's generally a sound that you hear on yeah. pretty much any television show. Pop 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 pop. Boom boom. Okay. Hello, forty-five. What are you doing over there? Because yeah. you, you you immediately stop. You pause. You don't. You put your. Or, I don't know if you put it down. Or you, so you take your finger off the trigger and you look around like, what the fuck just happened? Who yeah. did that? Or a uh, if someone comes in with like a big uh, three fifty-seven Magnum, like those those rounds are really yeah. Loud too. That's a punch in the chest. You just kind of go like, yeah. It is a very weird moment where you like. It, there are certain rounds where you when you hear them go off, you you definitely kind of you perk up a little bit and go what <laughs> 40 uh, the the 44 magnum round that i that i've heard more than once at the at the range i used to go to that is a very startling sound that's like okay hello i want to see this yeah there's there's some some fun stuff when it when it comes to shooting guns they are they're a lot of fun it's it's very nice to go and just shoot them at the range i realize that a lot of people are are kind of either afraid of guns or against guns for whatever reason they're just a lot of fun if you treat them with enough respect to realize that, hey, this is not a toy, but it can be a lot of fun to shoot. So, it is time. Spoiler, 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 you, spoiler, 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 spoiler. You have not played this game yet. It is time for you to skip until the last couple of minutes of the episode. Yeah. You'll be able to hear the the shenanigans of our, our outro as well as the whatever Dan decides to put for the stinger at the end. Yes. Uh, but yes, this is our spoiler alert. Please take a long minute. Realize that, hey, we're about to talk about the fucking game in its entirety with regards to the story. So, hey, let's not listen to this if you haven't played the game yet and intend to. If not, listen on. You don't really yeah. have to play the game if you don't want to. But yes. we highly recommend it. It's a very good game as long as you can tolerate the shenanigans that they pull with uh, radios and difficulty. Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, fucking heavies. And yes. We both recommend the game. Go play it. Absolutely. It is a very good game with in spite in spite of those things, I think. Because despite those things, it is a very good game. I think it even kind of thumbs its nose at those things. Yes. And the uh the story is definitely worth experiencing. Absolutely. So, okay. All that being said, this is the last spoiler warning. After this, we are going to spoil the shit out of everything. So stop Spoilers. listening. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Either spoiler. be spoilers. Spoiler. And dragons. Spoiler. But mostly spoilers. Yes. Spoilers are good with ketchup or something. I don't know. They're really bad with rice burners. Rice burners? <laughs> Cars? With spoilers on them? Anyway. Oh, okay. Spoiler warning. Done. All right. Let's talk about the game. So, start of the game opens up in the deserts of Dubai because Dubai has a lot of desert around it. <laughs> gotten ass raped by some giant sandstorm like yes and there's a an army unit that's supposed to be there the 33rd who knows why the fuck they're in dubai they were trying to extract people yeah but you're supposed to go in and figure out what has gone with the 33rd and report back basically shit went sideways you got to figure out why yeah and they allude to it at the end of the game like you're just supposed like as soon as you figure anything out you're supposed to like leave and radio back like it says so allegedly says this at the beginning of the game you see it again in flashback at the end of the game 
Yep. And that actually made me really want to play through the game again to see how much of the craziness at the end is seeded through the entire thing. Because I want to see if the foreshadowing is there because that is a very important thing with movies and other storytelling is, you know, foreshadowing stuff that's going to happen. And if they did not foreshadow well, like if you can't go back and play it and see all of the stuff leading up to it after you know what happens. Yeah. I don't, they, they did a disservice to their fans. I saw some of it with the, the dialogue that Adams and Lugo had. They're your two compatriots. Adams is your heavy weapons guy. Lugo is your combat, your sniper specialist and communications engineer, I guess. I don't yeah. know what else to call him <laughs> because of the radiation shenanigans. Yeah. Shenanigans expert. Yeah. But they they are your, your two squad mates, the derp squad times two, as I put them in my notes because they're derpy as fuck. Oh, uh, we didn't talk about their derpiness. In the, it's okay. In the first part of this episode. It's, it's, yeah, it's, they, they are the classic derpy AI help. Yeah. Uh, they fail horribly. And it's really fun to just send them in to heal each other when one of them gets taken out and then the other one gets taken out and you have yeah. the first guy heal him. And then, yeah, they just keep yep. trading back and forth. And then you eventually have to go rescue both of them because derp. Yes. Um, but yeah, so you come into the town during this and find out there's basically like a giant shitstorm going on and the army seems to be fighting against the CIA, which is like, what the fuck? It, that, see, that was a weird little tidbit that I didn't understand. Like, why is the CIA even there? I guess to destabilize the region from what I understood. It just didn't make any sense. I, I don't It was know. a weird tacked on bit of mechanic there. So then shortly after that, the game starts giving you like real impressions that like crazier shit is going on and you have no idea what the fuck you just walked into, which is kind of cool because as a player, you have no idea what the fuck you just walked into. And basically it looks like at one point there might be a three-sided conflict of like the CIA versus the army versus civilians. Yep. Yeah. And you kind of can't tell whether the civilians are just caught in the middle of all of this shit or if the civilians are their own force fighting against both the army and the CIA, which admittedly the CIA is like two people. But you yeah, because it gets to a point where the the later on in the, in the game, you realize that, hey, the CIA is probably marshalling the, the civilian forces against the 33rd. Yeah. Which and is it's... very curious at the time because you realize that the 33rd, something's gone sideways and yeah. they're kind of taking over Dubai to the point where there are martial law in Dubai. Yeah. And like even full on FEMA status of like, they have people like they have the civilian population, like quarantined and yeah. instead of trying to escape because of something that you don't know yet. Cause, yeah. cause it got to a point where they're rounding up civilians and executing them, which is batty. Yeah. And then there's this really kind of cool moment for me and let me try and trying to figure out where it comes in i think it's at the end of chapter five yeah yeah so it's the end of chapter five okay. um, oh no never mind it's the end of, so at the end of chapter five there's this weird thing where you take a big giant fall oh yeah and you and you basically you die because there's no way a human being survives the that ridiculous fall like series what the fuck it, it had to be at least 100 yards of falling and yeah, bouncing off of random debris bouncing off of like steel girders in the fucking building you're falling like you fall yeah. like 10 stories yeah east it is it's a crazy giant fall 
and it's just it is very what the fuck you can't survive that um, there's no way but but somehow you do which is wonder which is why i wondered if the entire game was a fever dream sequence as the main character was dying yeah like you wonder how much that is basically the the end of the real stuff like the stuff yeah. without hallucinations and shit i can i can definitely see that it, it definitely made me question the rest of the game yeah as as you should in this game because it's because yeah, it isn't it, it starts getting into the territory you don't realize it until the end but basically it is the kind of the the fight club thing it's the unreliable narrator like you you actually you don't know that you can't trust him but you can't trust him right uh, and you right. get signs that you can't trust him eventually but it is very specific or oddly specific in ways that you can't trust him like later on and you still don't kind of get that you can but yeah so after this this event is the first cool like narrative trick that they use where there's a basement full of dead bodies yeah and the game slows down like literally slows down like your movement speed drops to a crawl everything's in slow motion kind of as you're moving through this room and it forces you slash encourages you to look around and take in the horrors of whatever happened in this basement that killed all these people yeah yeah and i think you're alone at this point like i i think you're separated from uh i you're briefly separated from madame san lugo at that point yeah and then you and you, you work your way back out to meet up with them but it's like, it's it's a very short spurt because there is a chapter later on where you are completely alone. Yeah. My the biggest thing that fucked me up is probably in the next couple of chapters I think at the end of one of the chapters is the the white phosphorus mortars. Yeah, like that was that was that was pretty crazy, so. Yeah, so this is where you're really faced with the 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 untrustworthy narrator. And that is when uh, you force Adams and Lugo to target and fire white phosphorus mortars onto the 33rd. And when you fire those mortars, you're basically on an overhead view with, uh, because you launch a camera into the air, you're you're looking down on the camera and firing mortars each with each, you know, hey, target here, target here, target here, target here. And there's a small camp, like a small like notch in the ground mm-hmm. in back where there's like 20 or 30 people. And I was sitting there realizing those are civilians. Immediately I realized those are civilians and I didn't want to fire the order, but it is part of the story. You have to fire that mortar yeah. and you bathe civilians in white phosphorus. Yeah, There's a reason that it's banned in the Geneva convention. Yeah. It's and yeah, that, so this, that happens a little bit later. So Back in the so after the giant fall scene and after that basement, there's at the end of that chapter, which is chapter six, there's a really, really cool moment I thought where there was the helicopter chase where you you guys you're in the building and you you successfully fight off a shit ton of people, and then like this helicopter rolls in and you you know you just have this oh shit moment as it just the minigun on the helicopters just opens fire and just starts shredding the building that you're in. Right and, right, and you have to run away from the helicopter, uh, and that was probably one of my favorite parts of the game. Was just you know because you you couldn't you were at this point you were like really really immersed in the game, 
and like had really gotten used to the controls and stuff and you know had just gotten through this really really hard fight that was really awesome and then just this helicopter shows up and you have no way of killing it and it's just it's like literally destroying the building you're in and yeah. you just run your ass off and yeah. you can't run that fast enough good. oh god it was it was a really really great moment another um, point i question whether or not the character is alive also i, I take that back it was not banned at the Geneva convention it does not apparently can it's considered while it's considered the chemical weapon and a violation of the chemical weapons convention it's actually false mm-hmm. so it is not a banned substance but it's definitely frowned upon yeah that i don't know how often we've used it since vietnam because of like how bad it was in vietnam uh it's used in iraq twice in 1988 and 2004 it's used in the israel lebanon conflict it was used in the gaza war afghanistan yemen uh, allegedly used in the ukraine the armenian azerbaijani clashes so quite a yeah. bit unfortunately the, like the thing with white phosphorus that is what makes it really nasty is that any amount of oxygen will cause it to ignite it, it doesn't you, you so can't you, put it out either well you have to smother it like that's the only way to put it out and like it will burn to, down to the bone yeah you have to like put blankets on it and i actually in high school i think heard a talk from a vietnam vet who who got hit with white phosphorus and he talked about how he like was covered in blankets and on a stretcher and they were carrying him out and they had a Florida Creek. So they carried him and in his stretcher over the Creek and he got dunked underwater and the amount of oxygen in the Creek water ignited the phosphorus again. That's insane. And they had to like re put him out once they got to the other side. And yeah, that is absolutely nuts. Like the stuff is nasty. Like water spreads it. So so when I when I say that it fucked me up to have to use this in, in a game, in fact, yeah. it fucked me up to have to use this in a game because while I did not know about the water spreading it, I knew that white phosphorus was not a, yeah, a toy. It's, it's so not. To speak. It's not pretty. No. But yeah, it's it's pretty nasty stuff. It's not fun. It's horrible. It's horrible. Eventually, you track down the CIA guy who helps you escape this helicopter, basically. Yeah. Um, and he gets captured and you come to the first of the big decisions in the game. The phosphorus is kind of the second big decision, I think. And you don't really get a choice to not use it. Uh, you kind of, you kind of get stuck, but that's, I think part of the game is it's very, you know, you, you have to do what you, yeah, you, you have to do what you have to do to get through the situation is a lot of what this game is themed around. Some guys have this operative at gunpoint and then there are some civilians that are taken off to also be held at gunpoint. And you get to make the choice of whether you save the civilians or save the CIA agent to try and figure out what the fuck is going on. Okay, which did you choose? I chose to save the CIA guy because I needed to know more about what the fuck was going on because that's the whole point of my being there at that point. Yeah, right? so did I. So I'm curious what happens if you don't, like if you go for the civilians, because if you go for the CIA guy, he fucking dies anyway. Okay, so the good thing is that you can actually choose chapters yeah. in the game. So you can probably go back and choose which chapter that was in and go ahead yeah. and try and rescue the, the civilians. Um, the, the trouble is that I also know that the civilians are dead too either way. Yeah, probably. Like the, no, there's no probably. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that no matter what you choose, everyone dies. Like that, yes. that would be That's exactly death. what happens. No, knowing the game... And the way the way it handles things like i'm pretty sure it's a choice that's not a choice like it's supposed to be frustrating in that aspect of like no matter what you choose 
everyone's going to die anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of the theme of this game is that you're given these really, really tough decisions and there is no good decision. Unfortunately, that's true. There's there's never a good choice. So kind of the next set of notes I have is uh, there's this really great moment in chapter eight where you're like coming out of a building and there's just like a shitload of light and the game uses light really interesting like to blind you because it's the desert. So like sometimes you can't see enemies because it's so bright that you can't see them. Yes. I had noticed that. That was always really kind of cool. Yeah. It, so chapter eight was when the uh, phosphorus happened, and okay, it was chapter and eight. And it right. forced you to walk in slow motion through this, you God. know, wasteland of of people. You where people are crawling out. at you, still burning white yeah. phosphorus. Yeah, it's it's it. Everything's on fire. It me up. Everything's basically dead. And then, yeah, this the part that prob like I I wrote that it had a really nice twist at the end, and it was like a really really good kind of punch in the gut was the lady the and her kid yeah and, and then that, that was really where it sunk in that uh hey this it, game's kind of fucked up yeah well it, <laughs> oh, they were civilians like the, these were not military people these are these are normal people that just were in the wrong place at the wrong time to you know use a really really horrible cliche yeah there's no other way to put it like they just got in a shitty situation because of where they were located which kind of sucks Okay, there was another part in chapter 11 that really had me very interested in how... Because I, I knew going in that there was a good twist at the end where mm-hmm. all of this stuff is is all kinds of fucked up. And that there's this slow de- destabilization that you realize that, hey, he's kind of... like you, Yeah, he's untrustworthy. And that yeah, was when... The, the they, first hallucination is in chapter 11. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's the, the visual effects that were introduced, like when you realize that there was that flashing strobe effect that you, you slowed down and realized that, hey, things are this heavy's jumping around for no reason, which yeah. there's no way he should be able to do that since he's got all this heavy armor. He's back and forth and each, each shotgun he's shot. Like, he's like teleporting around. Too, yeah, so. yeah. He's jumping back and forth like fucking Nightcrawler. Yeah. Uh, he's just slapping him with, with shotgun shells or whatever. I had a shotgun at the time, so I was just using a shotgun, blap, blap, blap. And he finally dies and then the, the strobe effect is gone. And you realize that hey, something's fucky. And so, and so is the heavy. Like, there yeah, is it, no there's no heavy anymore. Yeah, it's just gone. Like he's just everything's gone. The strobe yeah. effect's gone. There's no heavy. Nothing's there. Something's fucky. So to to jump back a little bit in chapter nine, there's another big decision where there's the two guys hanging from the like oh god freeway sign. Yeah. Uh, there's a sh- a soldier who violated orders and like killed a civilian. And then there's a civilian that stole water and supplies from the military and you get to decide who to shoot. Yes. So who did you shoot or did you shoot neither of them? Like I I didn't know that neither of them was an option. So I shot the dude on the left, the the guy who stole the water. And I got a big commentary on, hey, that's not the decision I would have made. And then they both fucking died. Oh. Yeah, I shot the soldier, and then they let, then they, yeah, killed the other guy anyway. So yeah, they, they can't, they can't they, let a thief live. <laughs> yep, they both die anyway because the dude was do, dereliction of duty, blah blah blah. And because you do get a a, bit, a blurb of dialogue that's tailored to that situation for each one, I guess. Yeah, uh, I 
And this is this is one of the scenes they go back and show you in retrospect at the end of the game that yeah things were definitely not what they seemed and that makes that scene even crazier. Yeah, we'll we'll go back to that in a hard minute yeah. because Adams and Lugo make a lot of commentary there that are like, what the fuck is going on here? Like you realize that hey, something's fucky. Something went on here that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then chapter ten, I think was probably my favorite environment in the game because that's the big fight in the aquarium with the the water trucks. Like yeah, the water yeah. trucks. It, that was a really really fun fight. That's where grenades really made a lot of difference, and that's where the soundtrack just really kicked ass. Like okay, the soundtrack in this game has been has been utterly fantastic. And you're saying chapter eleven is where the, this fight happened? It's chapter chapter ten is okay. The the big fight in the aquarium slash I've got a place. I've got a great commentary on the soundtrack for chapter twelve. So once we get there, I, I want to. Okay. Yeah, my my impression of most of the soundtrack, like the the ambient stuff that's going on during all the combat scenes, like it reminds me of old Sonic Youth, like that yeah. really dissonant guitar Sonic Youth, yep, mixed with like the instrumental Nine Inch Nail stuff. Yes, like if you combine those two things, that's what this reminds me of a lot. Like I want to buy the soundtrack of this game, like. That's how good it was. I, I would totally, in a heartbeat, buy the soundtrack of this game. Like, I want to find out. I'm actually going to look here in a little bit once we're done to see if it's yeah. available. It might be on iTunes. So, can we jump ahead to chapter 12? Because um, I really want to talk about this. Well, do you have any on chapter 11? So, there was something kind of funny in chapter. So, chapter 11 is after the weird chase scene on the water trucks where you. Which get, was like, really fun. In infinite, infinite ammo grenade launcher, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it was really fun yeah it's it's a little weird and then there's a really funny point where you like capture an enemy soldier i don't know if you caught this joke so one of the things that you're taught in the military is that basically if you are ever captured and interrogated what you should tell them is your name, name rank and serial number yeah basically name rank and serial number so the soldier that gets captured tells you that his service number is eight six seven five three oh and then doesn't get to finish no and God damn you, Tommy Two-Tone. Really? Like, so So that, I think, is another sign that things are fucked up because I, yeah. don't, I don't know if that guy actually existed and really said that or if that's a hallucination. It might have been. I don't know. Okay. I love Chapter 12 because that is where the soundtrack took a great turn because you are, you are now in the hunt for the quote-unquote the DJ. So this guy has been fucking with the FM station. He's been basically, have you seen the Warriors, the 1979 film? Oh, yeah. Okay. This reminded me a lot of the Warriors, this entire DJ portion, this entire thing. It's very much modeled after the Warriors. So especially in this particular music selection, because it had uh, Martha and the Vandellas singing Nowhere to Run. And that was in yeah. the Warriors as well. Just a, diff a different uh, person singing it. And I just, I loved everything about that. It was just fantastic to fight to know where to run. It just, it, it was just really fucking fun. The only thing that I found is when I got to chapter 12, I finally realized, oh my God, I'm in chapter 12 already. Yeah. There's no chapter indicator in the pause menu. It should have that. Yeah. That kind of bothered me because I, yeah. I had trouble keeping track of the chapters. Yeah. You basically just get like a little blip up in the corner of the screen that says like yeah. chapter. I, wrote, I actually wrote the name for this one. Chapter 12 rooftops and yeah like, that's, that's all you get and it's it's there for like two seconds two three seconds if you if you don't look you're gonna miss it and i missed a lot of them like i have my notes have are, are kind of fucky because i couldn't get the chapter yeah. indicators 
Uh, and then chapter 10 had two parts for no reason. There's chapter 10, part one, or chapter 10, and then chapter 10, part two. Uh, chapter 10 was the aquarium fight, and part two was, was the, the, the truck. truck thing. Okay. Like, but they were two separate chapters, kind of, technically. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I wrote that the, the radio dude was crazy, like, because he was. He was. Oh, he was batshit insane. I loved it. I loved um, it. He was the best character. And part of the thing that I wondered was, like, when you first enter the radio tower, are you hallucinating because of all of the weird blue light? Yeah. That was, like, I, so I wrote that, like, you know, hallucination and radio tower question mark because, like, nothing showed up. There was, I was w- expecting to, like, find a dead body in there or something like that. Or, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But, nope. Uh, yeah. I don't and then at the end of end of chapter twelve, you uh, end up with a weapon reset again. Like you, you have no weapon, or I think you. Yeah, because that because that is that's the uh, at the end of chapter twelve is where he, big spoiler, uh, Sergeant Lugo is dead. He yeah. he's not alive anymore, and I, I think the, my, that's one of my helicopter right where you yeah yeah fight your way out and get onto a helicopter, and then you have the scene in the helicopter again for the second time in the game. Like there's a an earlier scene. A, yeah, you, the, like you, the opening, the opening of the game is where you're fighting yeah. on a helicopter. A, a big minigun is on the you're you're on a mounted minigun on the helicopter and shooting down other choppers, and then you crash, and then the whole game happens, and you're playing the same scene over again. Yeah, which and, is really fucked up. And you actually, your character actually comments on the fact that like he's yeah. already done this before, and it's like, wait, what? He's like, wait, this isn't right. We've already been through this, and and Adams and Lugar are just making regular commentary, like they like the same commentary they had in the beginning of the game. So yeah, that that's again another little loop of yeah. of awkwardness. And this is where the next chapter, thirteen, which is called Adams, uh, yes. where you, you hook back up with Adams again, and and uh, this is where I had my little adjustment and difficulty because of the there's yeah. a gunfight at this weird boat, and yep. uh, yeah. Heavy, heavies are bullshit. No one, no one can take a, that many shots from a fifty cal. Uh, fuck grenades and the controls. <laughs> like those, so, are, so, those are three comments in a row. Like so, what I really liked is that. Did you see the on this pause screen? Do you feel like a hero yet on the load screen? No, because that's that's I had that several happen because I I had a ton of fucking load screens because I kept dying over and over again. I was stubborn as hell and wouldn't lower the difficulty. And it's just like on load screen, it's because. After you execute that soldier is when it started happening. He's like, do you feel like a hero yet? And I'm like, um, I didn't feel like a hero to begin with. So yeah. we're on the same page here. So no. Yeah. <laughs> then um, there's that that whole Sergeant Lugo is dead for that. I will give no quarter. It was probably my favorite line. In the, one of my favorite lines in the game. Yeah. And, and that's where you get the, uh, <laughs> the, the shoot the rope cliche. Yeah. yeah. Hanging him. Because um, the civilians end up surrounding Lugo. He's, he, after the crash, he's, he's pretty beat to fuck. He had fought off a a portion of the thirty third, and they're they're gone, and the civilians end up stringing him up, lynching yeah. him. And so this is another thing that was kind of interesting. Is I felt like this was a choice that wasn't a choice. So basically, you get you get Lugo down, and it's time for you guys to leave. Like you and Adams are trying to get out of there, yeah. and I tried to walk out. I didn't. Yeah, like I I I tried. I tried to tried to walk past them, and they push you back. I emptied my weapons into the civilians. Both of them. But this this is why this was interesting to me because I was like, I wonder if you can actually peacefully resolve this. Uh, So, like, I tried to walk out of there and you get shoved back and I try and you get shoved back and you try and you get shoved back 
and like this is this is my quote i had to shoot them like i yeah. did not have an option like i tried to do it I, they would not let me out like we could not they wouldn't let me i had to shoot them yeah the, which the is entire, a horrible position to be in because <laughs> the entire time adams is screaming at you let me open fire sir let me open fire he yeah, wants like, he's waiting for you to give the order to open fire yeah and and i was like no we're, we're gonna try and walk out of here and the game like literally the situation will not let you do that which is kind of cool in its own twisted dark way i'm wondering if you could fire over them you know i didn't but even then, think about trying that but if you fire over them adams just shoots them all okay okay you, you, you try to start shooting that? the second you do like okay but then i have a little note there like you become villain question mark are you actually the antagonist here like this is where that sinks in of like yeah. is this the moment you yeah. become the antagonist and like, this this is leading up to this this was chapter 14 i believe uh, that was the end of chapter 13 okay because chapter 14 you're you're busting your way through all of the 33rd trying to get to the the final trying to get to their boss just, yeah try to get to their colonel i think yeah uh, i can't remember his name to be honest with you and conrad. the entire point yeah colonel Con- uh, was it, it was captain conrad maybe i thought it was colonel but you might i might be wrong yeah but his name is Conrad. His His name name is Conrad. It doesn't matter what rank he is at this point. With a K. K. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. The end of the game is the most, probably the single most fucked up thing I've experienced in a game in a while. So in in this journey to get to the end of the game, Mm. uh, there's that really cool scene where you see hell on earth. Yes. That was really cool. Like basically, that was, basically, it was like the white phosphorus thing all over again, except everything was red. Like yes. it was, it was crazy hellfire, and you, you're basically, you basically find out that you're just standing in the fucking open, hallucinating your fucking balls off while people are shooting at you, and yep. then Adams wakes you the fuck up, and you, uh, you actually start doing stuff, uh, and then you hallucinate and see Lugo as a heavy. Yeah, like which was, was really heavy, messed up. Heavy with Lugo's head, and he's like yelling at you for letting him die and you're shooting him in the face <laughs> it's like uh this is a little awkward and then and then uh, there was that uh, whole uh zipline scene where you basically slam into adams and then shoot him in the face and adams comes trumbling down at you yeah like what the hell's going on uh, nothing nothing to see here um, he's just like nothing i just I, I thought i saw something or something like that yeah, and then it was, it, it was a very poo poo way of thing yeah basically adams gets himself killed to save you yeah, he, he he does the noble sacrifice routine. Yep. And you get disarmed again because of a giant explosion. Yep. And as soon as you show up at the 33rd headquarters, they basically surrender to you and like yeah, they're just, like, yeah, Captain Walker, we've been waiting for you, you know, here we are under your command now. Then you head up to the to the top of the the tower, meeting no resistance. You don't even need a weapon. I don't. I don't even know if you can raise your weapon at that point. You don't have one. Okay, that's right. Don't even have a weapon at this point. And then the mo- more interesting thing to me is that this is the only point in the game where there is no cover anywhere in the rooms, like in the building you're in, like in the hallway. When you get up to the penthouse suite, there is no cover. Like there's no nothing to duck behind. Like this is something that really, really stood out to me when I was in there. I because there's no combat for the rest of the game. Turns out yeah. there's no combat for the rest of the game. But it was right. very it was a very big thing. Like it was a little flag that went off that was interesting. Something's uh, fucky. Yeah, again. Some, 
something is different. Like there's something drastically different here. And the aesthetics tell you this, which is really cool. Like it doesn't have to club you in the head. Like just if you are paying attention, you notice that hmm, there's nothing for me to hide behind. I'm probably not going to get into a fight. Yeah. And, and and not just that, but also the lighting. And it's just, it's very clear that this place is very well taken care of. Yeah. It, there's there's nothing out of place. There's no destruction here. It's it's like this this one place was untouched by the entire sandstorm in Dubai's uprising. So it's a little oasis, yeah. Yeah. And the but end, then you find out that Conrad has been dead for a while. Yeah, his his corpse is desiccated. It's it's very clear that he has not been alive for a very long time. And and he's holding a gun. He's so, he's so clearly he, pulled the trigger on himself. Yes. So then you have this really crazy thing that just shows you how much your character Walker has just fucking lost it. Like, yeah, he's flipped the switch. He's 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 done now. Like he's had a radio strapped to his back that has no batteries in it. Yep. That has been talking to him for like the last half of the game. Yep. And not just that, but Conrad's been talking to you the entire time that you've been up there. Yeah. And, and he's been talking yeah. to you on and off for the entire game. Yeah. He's been talking to you over the radio for basically, let's see, it was, it's around. And I thought he was Lee Ermey for a little while, which was kind of funny. And then yeah. I, I checked and he's not Lee Ermey. It's not. It's not. Yeah. You also find that at the end of that uh, water truck chapter, he, yeah. when you crash the truck, he also comes up and starts talking to you as well. Saying you brought this on yourself, and then he walks away. Oh, yes, yeah, chapter nine. So it's, you in chapter eight is when you, I think, pick up the radio. So that's about halfway through the game, just over halfway yeah. through the game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, apparently you've just been hallucinating this dude talking to you the the whole second half of the game, which is pretty nuts. And yeah, and and it goes back and shows you some other scenes throughout the game, like you saying you weren't supposed to hang around as soon as you found out what was going on you're supposed to radio and let other people come in and take it but for some reason you just stuck around anyway and just get further and further into the shit and then that scene where they had the two people hanging from the signs like they were dead they've been dead for a while because they've been picked clean by buzzards or whatever the hell's whatever the hell picks them clean there in dubai yeah. yeah so basically you were just you walked up and started rambling to yourself and then i guess shot one of them like just randomly shoot yeah. one yeah and you know hugo and or hugo lugo and uh adams adams are just like what the fuck boss yeah they're they were very confused you could tell by the dialogue at the time that they were very confused but it's especially jarring to notice that hey you've been acting fucked up the entire time you've been with these two guys now i think what really hit home for me is when he radioed into the base saying this is captain walker requesting immediate evacuation dubai survivors one too many yeah that um, that that hit me yeah did you watch to the end of the credits i don't think i did no okay one of the things this game did really well was use action movie and first person shooter tropes that you're used to against you in the narrative like so you're going gung-ho on all this shit and it turns out a lot of the gung-ho shit you're doing is used against you in the story basically okay yeah well, psychologically yeah. right sure so one of the things that I thought was, I wonder if they're going to put a stinger at the end of this like you would a movie. <laughs> yeah. So I sat through the credits. Sure enough, there's a bonus scene at the end of the credits. Okay. And it, it is the reinforcement showing up to pick up Walker. Oh, yes. Yes, I actually did see this. Okay. So they show up and they're and he's like wearing Conrad's jacket, like dress jacket. 
I wrote the whole thing down. Yeah. Uh, I only wrote two lines down because uh, oh, they were the oh. important ones. So, so yeah. he's holding a gun and you get to choose between dropping the gun and not dropping the gun. I dropped mine. I don't right. Well, you, well, I don't know if you could drop it so much as just you wait until it's dropped. No, like there, there's a definitely a oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, you can choose to drop it. And I was wondering if you could choose to fire it, but I did not do that. I imagine it's just suicide by officer. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's even an option there because a lot of the other options aren't actually options. So yeah, this might be the same thing. I think there's um, an Chivo for it. But the big thing at the end was you get in the car, you get in the Humvee and you're driving oh, off. Let me do and, this. and one of the soldiers goes, oh man, let me do this. Go for it. You know, Captain, we had to drive through the whole city to find you. If you didn't, you don't mind me asking, what was it like? How'd you survive? Who said I did? Yeah, that was my that was definitely my favorite line of the entire the entire yeah, film. Kind of I want to say film because it felt like a movie at that point. He he kind of is just like staring out the window and he like turns and looks at the dude and it's just like yeah, who said I did? He said I didn't survive. Yeah, it's it's kind of a great moment in this whole thing because he didn't like no me- mentally he did absolutely not not. survive. Yeah, it's it's kind of it is a crazy game. Totally worth playing. I want to play it again just to check the foreshadowing to see if it's there um and i might just play through the game on easy to just plow through it (laughs) and with a controller this time because apparently they fucked up the keyboard controls yeah i kind of i kind of want to but at the same time uh, it was a some of that stuff well no it's not just that it was it was a rough enough game that i don't want to because it it is a very good game, but it's one of those games that I can live with playing it once and, and enjoying yeah. the story for what it was. Did Do you feel like you got your money worth out of it? I think so, yeah. I mean, if it was 15 bucks when I bought it, I think that was more than worth yeah. what I paid for it. Do you think it's worth uh, $30 of its full asking price? Did I pay only 15 I might have bought it at full price. Yeah, its current price is $29.99. Like that's, its, that's its current full price. I would wait to pick it up on sale because it's frustrating enough that it might be something that you realize, hey, maybe not. But if you really enjoy cover-based shooters, you could probably pay a full price and not regret it. If not, it's definitely worth picking up under $20. And on a Steam sale, you, I'm pretty sure you can pick this thing up for 5 bucks. Absolutely. I'm, and I paid $10.19. That's worth it. I think that's actually the, the, the sweet spot. It's like but 10 yeah, bucks is, is perfect price for I, it. I would pay $20 for that game. Like I think so. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if I'd say easily. Like it's it's kind of at that point it's kind of on the fence. Like 1999. That's like I'm not 100% sure on it. But it is, you know, knowing what I know now about that game, I would recommend it if you can get it under 20 bucks or less. Absolutely. I would pay 20 bucks for it, but you know, I I'm on the fence. Like 15 I think is the, is the highest price I'd pay for it. But right now I'm I'm honestly surprised that it's still this much. Yeah. Cuz it was released in 2012 for crying out loud. Yeah, that's 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 a four year old game that's still thirty bucks. Yeah, if you enjoy third person shooters, it would be worth thirty bucks. If you're on the fence about that and just want to play it for the story, wait for a Steam sale. Put it that way. Indeed, indeed. So, do we want to talk about our next game and kind of wrap things up? Sure, sounds good. All right, you chose so, the next game, so introduce yeah. it. So. Paul kind of really wanted to play Spec Ops, so we and I wanted to play Spec Ops, so that was a really easy decision. The next one was a little crazier, 
So we wanted to do a game since we just did one at the high end of the uh, Spectrum at $29.99 asking price. We wanted to do one at the lower end of the, the Spectrum, or at least I did. Uh, so my goal was to find one that was five bucks or less because we, we, we're trying to help you out on a budget here. Sometimes people want to have fun and they don't want to spend a shitload of money to have fun. So five bucks or less and looking at the games that we, we've kind of compiled, like we both kind of threw together a list of games that we want to play, whether we have them or don't. At the whopping full price of $2.99 on Steam, it also is apparently available on Xbox Live and then therefore might also be available on PlayStation Network. We have the game DLC Quest. And this game looks really, really fun if you look up videos of it. Basically, they are taking the piss out of games and their DLC. And it is a RPG-ish game that everything in the game is DLC using a, a weird custom in-game currency. Yeah. So you have to buy the ability to scroll to the left it's a side scrolling to the right game at the beginning and like mm-hmm. you have to buy the ability to jump i think you have to buy the ability to scroll to the left like you have to basically unlock all of your abilities by buying dlc which is not really dlc but yeah, yeah. it's it's just making fun of like just how it's making how fun ridiculous of ridiculous it is horse armor Bethesda. Uh, <laughs> and it's it is only released for xbox 360 microsoft windows and mac os so if you got a Mac and don't have a PC, feel free. It's it's pretty damn good. I've already played it. I've enjoyed the hell out of it and want to play it again. So I'll play it again for the cast. Yep. And and, and it's a short game too, apparently. Um, I I think I spent like five hours on the entire thing. It is very short. You will not regret. For three bucks, you'll get your money's worth. What is that crazy website you use to tell how long a game is? Uh, howlongtobeat.com. This guy's got an hour. Literally one hour. <laughs> With the main and extra, an hour and a half. So three bucks for an hour of entertainment. I think it's worth it. You could go in, you could watch a, 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 a matinee movie yeah. and get the, the same amount of entertainment. Yeah, that's, it's an awful long time between our next episode to, to play an hour-long game. But hopefully you'll get more than an out hour out of it. Hopefully you'll play it multiple times. I will probably play it multiple times if it's only an hour. I can guarantee you'll play it multiple times just for, li- just for giggles. Really, yeah. so that's our next game, DLC Quest. Then we'll we'll pick something else after that. We got a we got a pretty good list going. If you want to make suggestions, feel free to. If and we'll uh, add them to the list. Yeah, if you want to do that, uh, feel free to head over to facebook.com slash Gaming. You can submit to us there. You can also submit to us at podcast at com. If you want to just chat with myself, you can uh, email me at paul at com. If you want to just email Dan, you can email him at shop at com. If you want to tweet us some suggestions, uh, Dan runs the at Loaded Card account. I am at Paul Cluel. Uh, head on over to loadedcardgaming.com and uh, leave us some suggestions on some comments on this episode and future episodes. If you've got any more concerns, uh, just leave them, leave us some feedback. We appreciate it. And as always, we appreciate you listening. If you give us uh, maybe a, we haven't done this in a bit, so maybe give us a five-star review over on iTunes. Tell some friends, you know, let it, let us know that we're doing some pretty good, pretty good stuff over here. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. And friends don't let friends use white phosphorus. What the fuck, man? Just, just don't do it. Just here's don't. some smooth jazz to play out.
Spoiler, 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 spoiler. So it's just using a shotgun. Blap, blap, blap. Uh, this is a little awkward. <laughs> 